Are you a cake maker running a business or a business owner making cakes? Hi, I'm Sammy. Hi, I'm Bronya, and welcome to the Business of Cake Making. Hello and welcome to the Business of Cake Making. Today we are super excited. Sammy has invited one of our all-time favourite watches onto our podcast today. We have got Zoe from Zoe's Fancy Cakes. Zoe's most well known for her tutorials, her online lessons and whilst we know that followers on social media is just a vanity metric, um, Zoe has got followers really to be very, very proud of. So she has got something like 500,000 YouTube subscribers, 440,000 Facebook followers. So chances are, while you've been scrolling social media, you will have seen one of Zoe's tutorials. Today, we're talking about how she got started. We're talking about how she runs her business with her family, um, how COVID has affected her business and what she's going to be doing going forward. So let's jump straight in with Zoe. Um, today we've got um, Zoe from Zoe's Fancy Cakes as our guest today. For, um, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so excited to talk to you and we've got so many questions. Um, I hope we can squeeze them all in. I'm sure we will. Um, so I'm going to start with, can um, you tell us how and why you started baking cakes? Oh, okay. I started more decorating cakes actually than than baking. Um, I, I much prefer the decorating to the baking, especially now that I've baked a lot of cakes. Now I no longer enjoy the baking part quite as much, unless I don't have to do it for a while. Then I enjoy it again a little bit more. But um, I think the first one I did was actually it wasn't something that I'd expressed an interest in or even thought about doing. And Richard, my partner, his mum sent me a message and said, "Oh." I've got to do this 60th um, anniversary cake for like the church choir master at the ch- church. She says, can you, can you decorate it if I bake you a fruit cake? So she baked this cake and I said, well, I'll have a go at it. So I took two days holiday off work to try and do it for her. And um, I bought all the like equipment and I did it all in marzipan because I thought that's what you modeled in when I first started. Cause I had no idea. I didn't look up anything you know when at first you, you don't realize that there's tutorials and stuff do you online so you just make it all up as you go along and I did this really oh. fat little dumpy choir master I've got a picture of it somewhere floating about I gave him like a really bald head now I probably wouldn't make people as bald as I did back then um and I, I couldn't even work out how to do the pipes on the organ and make them edible so they were made out of cardboard that I'd sprayed with like non-edible gold paint and rolled up into like organ pipes but I, I didn't know you were supposed to put like non-edible things on cakes and stuff back then and I mean it, it was my first ever cake it wasn't a job so I, I wasn't sort of too worried but it took me ages I was really pleased with it if you saw it now you'd, you'd be horrified but I was really <laughs> pleased with it at the time but I really enjoyed it and not only that I had a lot of marzipan and other things left over and I thought well that's cost me a lot of money I'm gonna have to make something else with these so I did a cake for Richard so I had to bake my own cake for Richard although he doesn't even really eat cake because he's diabetic Um, but I made him one anyway because I just wanted to do something that looked nice and it really did just Mm -hmm. start from there where um people at work were like oh I'll bake you a cake and then bring it into the office um and I used to to work in Manchester a lot of the time so I'd travel from Leeds to Manchester so I'd take their cake home on the train I'd decorate it. It usually take me a couple of nights worth of work. And then they'd give me like £10 for decorating it, even though it cost way more than £10 for me to buy all the stuff. But 
that's what it was like then, you know, but people don't want to pay a lot and they think that £10 is, is actually giving you a lot. Did you, did you carry it back to work on the train? <laughs> yes, that was the worst thing. So, yeah. I mean, I used to get on the train at like 7am, so I used to try and go at like fairly early to show that I could put it on a tray or on a seat next to me without being sort of too squashed because if I had to stand with one, I'd be really stuck. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's how it started. And then people that I didn't know so well started asking me and they were like, but I'm not bringing you a cake. So I was like, oh my goodness, I have to bake my own cake. So at first my sister actually did me some baking um, until she got a boyfriend, then she stopped baking for me because she had more interesting <laughs> things to do. Um, yeah, so then I had to bake myself. Yeah, I can I can bake, but I don't bake like lots of fancy things. I remember at the time people were like, "Oh, you should go, you should go on Bake Off," but no, I would be rubbish on Bake Off. So it's it's really not the baking that that you're into. It's it's the the decorating is all for for what, what you're looking for. And it's... yeah, yeah. I mean, the baking is something you have to do, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it's kind of sorry. So when did you decide to, when did it start to become a business? When did you become professional to do it? And, you know, how did it evolve into something much more than um, taking other people's cakes home? So the more I did it, the more I found I was disliking my job because I thought, well, I'm really enjoying doing the cakes. And it just it just kind of made me realise I wasn't really enjoying my job. I mean, I never thought I was enjoying it, but I disliked it more <laughs> and more. Um and I just thought I'd really like to make a go of it. But I had a friend that did it for a job. And I thought, I don't want to step on her toes because, you know, she's somebody that lives nearby. At, at this stage, I wasn't part of any cake communities or knew any cake decorators or anything. I just knew that my friend that I went to school with, she did it. Um, and she did it for a job. She was she just was like a stay-at-home mom at the time. And she did it, I think, for a bit of extra money. Um, and I really didn't want to kind of say, oh, I'm going to do it as a job. And her be like, well, actually, I have you know, I live right near you and I don't want you taking any of my customers, although I'm sure I wouldn't have done. But um, I went for a meal with her one night and she said, oh, you should definitely do it as a job. You're really good at it. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of taking that as the go ahead that, yeah, I can. So I said to Richard, I'm going to set up like social media page. So we set up a little page on Facebook and stuff. And I said, I'm going to register as a business, but just part time, just part time. And then, because when you've got your Facebook page and stuff, people you don't know start messaging you. And it really just kind of started from there. And, and it was just for fun at first, but because people I didn't know were asking as well, like it had to become a business. You know, I had to register with the council and stuff. And I don't know how long I would have kept doing it kind of part time because it takes a lot of work, doesn't it? It's, it's an awful lot of work. Like you stay up all night, every night, and you don't get any weekends. Um, but they were doing a big, a big restructure at work at the time and everybody had to reapply for their jobs at work or you could apply for redundancy. And I said to Richard, well, do you know what? This is the opportunity that'll give me like a kick up the bum to, to either sort it out as a proper business or, or not. So I said, I'll apply for redundancy. If I get redundancy, brilliant. I'll make a real go of making cakes or make it proper business. If not, I'll just carry on with my job and I'll, I'll just keep it as a hobby rather than really sort of making anything of it. And then I think the thing that really drove me to try and do well, not that anybody doesn't want to do well, but was to sort of prove people wrong because the amount of friends and family and people that I knew that said, well, everyone does it. Everyone makes cakes. What, make you, what makes you think 
that you're going to be any different to anyone else, that you're actually going to get all these orders and that you'll be able to make a job of it. And it really felt like people don't, and I think even now people don't think of it as a proper job. They think, mm. oh, it's a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Or they're going to stay at home mom. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I mean, even, you know, even if you are a stay at home mom, it's still, it's a lot of work goes into it. And it people, is. I think, don't appreciate that. They think it's a bit of extra pocket money for you. And especially when it comes to pricing, oh, they don't like to think you're making money on it at all. They think a lot of people think you're just covering your costs and that's it. And yeah. I, I mean, it's difficult. Pricing is always difficult. Even when you're comparing yourself to other people, it's, so difficult because there's such different levels of quality of work as well so you can't charge necessarily the same as yeah. someone else that is worse than you or somebody that's better than you and yeah it just but I really felt like I had to prove myself to all those people that didn't think of it as a proper job and also Richard said if you take redundancy don't think you're just sitting at home doing it every now and again when you fancy he says you know you've got to be making money otherwise that can't be your job he says if it's not profitable it's not a proper job so, yeah, I really, really did have to sort of try and make a go of it. <laughs> You've really shown everybody that, yeah, you're good at it. <laughs> oh, Definitely. <thank> you. <laughs> I mean, I've still got a lot to learn. And it, it's like anything, isn't it? You look back on your work and sometimes you think, oh, God, did I give that to someone? It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done very well. By the time I liked it. And I mean, you're always learning, aren't you? So you're always going to progress and get better the longer you've been doing things um you work with your your partner Richard um your mum and your brother at Zoe's Fancy Cake I'm checking you out on uh, uh your your web page um what an incredible team to work with um do you all have a separate job within the business and work to your own strengths or do you work on each and every project together we try. Um, I'm a bit of a control freak, which is an, an awful boss. I'm an awful boss. There's also Richard's sister also works for us. As well. We just keep bringing oh in family goodness. members. Um, at first, it's usually because, you know, if you just need a bit of help, you don't want to employ somebody at first if somebody you just need somebody to kind of just help a little bit. But then you find that actually you can always find more and more work for them to do. So, yeah, it's next time we employ somebody, I think it shouldn't be a family member because – it's quite difficult working with family members and, and people that you know. You know, it is it is very difficult, and I probably speak to them differently to what I would somebody that wasn't related to me that works for me. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have to say, I used to um, I I we, I used to have a shop, and Sammy was my head baker at the shop, and that's how I met Sammy, and now we're very good friends. But yeah. I also had my little cousin working for me, and the way that I spoke to my little cousin was very different from the way Sammy would speak to him and Sammy would get him to do things and he wouldn't do them for me yeah. so I used to have to ask Sammy to ask yeah, him yeah. to get stuff done because we because we were family and he was just like no that's it it was banter and nothing else yeah definitely definitely I, I know that people don't like to take instructions from me and I've got a very short temper and if if somebody wasn't a family member, I couldn't lose it with them. Like, well, I still shouldn't lose it with them with family members either, should I? But I don't, it's like you feel that you can a little bit because yeah. of how well you know them. And also, yeah, that's right. And I they feel like they understand you as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes they walk out. <laughs> it's not <a> bad. <laughs> but they, but they always come back. <laughs> but then, obviously, you, you worry that if a family member doesn't pull the weight, how do you tell? them do you see what I mean it's without yeah, causing upset or 
family fallouts with family members that don't work for the company. It's because, you know, other family members get both sides of the stories where I'm moaning about them and they're moaning about me and it, it can become quite difficult <laughs> so yeah I think I think I need to learn to treat them like I would any other other member of a st- of staff definitely and also I have to stop message them like any time of night asking them to do things I mean obviously everybody has kind of different ideas of what's important as well for the business and because it's not just my business I know I know people think of it as just mine because it's me that started it and it's my name on the title but Richard left his job um, and he had a he had a really good job so you know he left quite a lot to I guess work with me he must have had a lot of trust in in what I was doing um so yeah he's, he's taken like a massive pay cut to be able to come work with me but he's one of like the business directors so there's myself my brother and Richard are all kind of directors in the company I still like to think of myself as the boss because I still like to be the one that decides <laughs> what's happening but obviously that's where it sometimes fallouts can happen because Richard has different business priorities to what I do but I'm very much like the crafty side of things you know I just want to make things whereas he's more business minded and he's like well that's not going to make you a profit and ultimately if it's a business you have to make profit to continue as a business so yeah that's it sometimes causes fallouts but then at Mm. the same time it is good that we all kind of have different ideas like he's got a completely different back- background to me I mean I've always done a lot of arty things as my background and nothing really that businessy I've, I mean I've worked in a lot of like re- uh, market research and stuff so I kind of got bits of that in the background but he's he's come from corporate banking um, and he's used to a lot of businessy stuff whereas I, I have no idea and then my brother is quite technical so he's the one that kind of started the YouTube channel for me all the videos wow. so that's kind of his strengths and he did a lot of like animation and stuff at university and he just knows a lot more about technology and computers if it was up to me and I was working on my own you'd, you'd have the worst quality videos ever or possibly no videos at all if I was working on my own to be fair but we, we try and each have our different areas but because we're so busy we always end up like whatever needs doing, we all end up having to try and pitch in to get that one thing done so that it's, yeah. it's done to schedule. So ideally, everyone would just stay in their areas. But often is a case of me just saying, oh, everybody needs to come do this. Everybody needs to pack the boxes to send out all the products to everyone so that stuff's arriving in time to all the customers and things. So, yeah, it'd be nice to expand at some point, I think. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, it's good teamwork. It sounds like you've got a, a good tight team to, to work with. Yeah, it's during coronavirus, it's a little bit more difficult because um, Richard's sister lives in Bridlington. So she's been working from home. And because she does a lot of the computer-based stuff, that is fine. It just means that obviously we don't have the extra help of packing boxes and things like that when we need that. Yeah. Um, and then my brother's been working from home as well, which again, he can do all the video editing and stuff at home. But it's, it is very different speaking to people, isn't it, online all the time to being face-to-face with people yeah. working. So that's been a bit challenging, but obviously they've been able to... Human contact means a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. to see what everyone's doing. <laughs> that's, that's my control freak part of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so talking of the pandemic, um, what other challenges have you had in terms of getting stock into the shop and and moving forward, moving the business forward and, and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's been quite a few challenges when, when it first happened, I, I, I did panic quite a bit 
um, I was mainly worried about being stuck where I was working. I was working down south at the time when they were announcing it all. And I was like, oh, what if I can't go back to Leeds? What if I have to stay where I am now oh, until no, yeah. lockdown's went- over? But I did, I did get back in time. <laughs> But yeah, the first the first challenge was obviously we had to cancel all the classes. And then obviously it's challenging not knowing when that's until. So my whole year's worth of work that was planned, and I had a lot of overseas trips planned, and especially to some new countries that I'd not been before, and I was really looking forward to it. Um, I mean, it's, it's nice that I haven't been away for months and months, like last year, like what I would normally. But at the same time, that was like all my work pretty much for the year because I predominantly now teach rather than making cakes for people. Um, And while we do have a shop and we sell products, it was just a very small part of the business. I mean, mainly we sold products in the shop after we'd have a class. So the students had come learn with me and often they might buy some of the tools that we've used in the class or just some other bits and pieces that we've got in the shop. But it was never really a big part of the business. So the classes were all cancelled and not only that you have to return everybody's uh, deposits and everything so you know there was so much money going back out to people um so it panicked me a little bit but it did make me do the online classes which people had been pestering for a long time so people had been asking and asking and asking and I never had time I'd never really gotten around to doing online classes I mean I'd always done the free YouTube ones but never the paid for ones um so I mean it did it did have its good points in that it forced me to do that and I can get a lot more people doing a class online than I can face to face and also it means people that weren't able to come to my classes because of travel and things like especially in other countries that would have never been able to afford to come to like a face-to-face class they've now got the opportunity to join so it it sounds awful to say there were some advantages to coronavirus. It it sounds really bad, doesn't it? But it did definitely kind of change our our business model. And the shop, which was just a very small part of our business at the moment, has become the main part of the business. So the shop itself is closed. Like we don't have people in the shop um, other than the delivery drivers that pop in each day sort of to deliver things. Um, Like we, we do have it for click and collect, but they have to buy online and then they have to arrange a day and time to come collect it at the door um but we're actually far busier now online than we ever were when we had the shop open to members of the public and we did used to sell online before but not really a lot and um you know it was, it was very few orders like a month that we would get online it was something we never really promoted because we don't have a website set up properly for all that kind of thing even now we're still getting the new website done so that it works better for the online products and store that we've got. But I think lockdown as well pushed more people into baking for a hobby because they were all at home wanting to do stuff on everybody was making their own gifts and things, for example, at like Halloween and Christmas. And it just, it just meant people went mad for buying products. So it has been challenging, but it's been good as well. I mean, one of the challenges with being busy now online is because we're selling more things than ever before we're buying in more stock now we've got a very small shop here and we're stuck for you can see I'm, I'm upstairs in the in the office and it's just full of rubbish everywhere the stock packed everywhere but we're buying more stock there's nowhere to put it we've just got nowhere to put stock so that's brought a new challenge for us in that we at the moment like I don't have space I don't have a classroom anymore because it's now a stock room um so that's like our new challenge so now we need to 
find bigger premises really for all this stock that we're having to order in sounds like a complaint doesn't it about every everything I'm, I'm honestly not it, it is all really good no. stuff it's just yeah each time something good like each time you change and like you do get busier or for example like the online shop getting busier it does bring new challenges with each thing like ideally we need new staff but because of the current uh climate with like you know social distancing and stuff and because we're still in a small shop, yeah, you can't get new staff can you no, no. I mean, there's plenty of people that want to come and work, but there's not the space. I don't have the space to put people and be able to safely social distance and things. So that, that's been difficult. But hopefully if we move somewhere bigger, we'll be able to kind of change all that. And then when I get more staff, hopefully it means I won't have to pack as many boxes. And do you know what? Sometimes it's a really nice change packing boxes, <laughs> but it does, it does stop me um, creating things. And that's, supposed to be like sort of my side of the business is for me to create um, whether it be tutorials or just new products like I, I like to bring out like new molds and things and I just never get chance I mean there is some still due to come out that I have made but I'm too slow in getting the packaging made <laughs> for them to be out yet but they're made so they're all um, very positive problems to have yeah they are yeah like it's tiring because there's an awful lot of work for us but it's not it's not a bad thing. It's kept us, it has really kept us yeah. in business. I mean, the online following of social media and things have really, really kept us going. I mean, it's given me something to do with like the Facebook lives each week. And it's been really nice feedback when people have kind of said, oh, I don't know what I'd have done if I hadn't had those videos to sit and watch. It's kind of given me something to do each week, something to look forward to knowing that there's going to be like a free tutorial the same time each week and they keep that time free to to sit and watch so feedback like that has been has been really nice and um, we both came to know of you from um, watching your youtube tutorials over the years um, you have nearly 500,000 subscribers which is amazing and some of your videos being watched over three and a half million times um, corpse bride doll cake was amazing um, how did this make you feel when you realized your videos were receiving so much attention Oh, it's nice that you guys have found me on YouTube. Um, oh, do you know what? I don't know, because it isn't something that just happened straight away. So it isn't like we put videos on and I was like, wow, they've done really well. It took a couple of years for them to even get going. I, I think um, it took me months and months and months to get like my first 400 views on a video. And uh -huh. there was, if you'd have asked me a few years ago, I was like, oh, it's amazing. I, I love it. It's, but I mean, I didn't do it for the views and the followers, so it's it's kind of difficult to explain, really. Like, it is good. Like, I, it's nice to think, oh yeah, there's a lot of people following, but at the same time, I feel like I'm always thinking, oh no, they've dropped this week. My followers have dropped this week, and it shouldn't even matter at all. But I'm always like conscious of things like that. So now I'm like, oh, it's not doing as well as it used to. So instead of just enjoying the fact that it had been doing well, I'm constantly like, oh well, no, this has dropped. We're not getting as much engagement. People aren't watching videos for as long. And I sometimes forget that actually it doesn't matter because that's not what I did it for in the first place. Because when I first set up the YouTube channel, it was because I was getting a lot of people messaging on like Facebook saying, oh, I'm going to do a cake. Can you explain how I do this? So I don't try and explain to people. But obviously it takes a long time. So when you're busy doing cakes, it's difficult to kind of answer people in a lot of detail. And, and it's difficult to explain things in written text as well. 
And also I didn't know the answers to everything that they were asking as well because I was fairly new to it then. And you'd be able to tell from a lot of my first videos, they're awful, they're pretty awful. But, you know, I was learning as I was going along. And, um, yeah, I was just getting asked that many times. And I'm saying to my brother, who was at university at the time, I said, oh, it just takes me so long. I said, I could do with filming a video. And then every time they ask me that same question, I'll just send them the video. And he said, well, why would you send someone a video? He says, the videos are too big to just send to people. He says, why don't you just put it on YouTube? And I said, well, I don't even know really how you do it. And he said, oh, I'll do it for you. So he filmed one and he says, I'll edit it for you. In fact, at first we didn't even edit them. They were like kind of full length and some of them were like, you know, a couple of hours long and very, very boring. And you could hear like the dog footprints in the background and the airplanes going over. And then he was like, do you know what, Zoe, you need to be quicker. He was like, just send me the video. I'll edit it. So he then kind of cut it to a size that was watchable without hopefully people getting too bored. And he'd say, what I'll do is I'll send you the video back and you have to talk over it and explain what you're doing within that time frame that I've cut it to. He says, that way you're not hearing the dog or the airplane. Although you still probably can because even when I voiced over afterwards, I was still sat in my house doing it. So you can still hear the same background noises. But yeah, so at first it was really to kind of answer people's questions and to help people. And then it it was nice when people would say, oh, watch your video. And that's been really helpful. And that that was like a really nice feeling to know that you'd help people. And especially when it was, I'd started getting a lot of messages from people that, that weren't always very well, like whether it be physically or mentally, that they'd maybe struggle and they'd say, I watch your videos and it really does get me through things. And it takes the minds off, like not being well. Um, so that was, that's always really nice. That They're like the really nice comments that do make you think, oh, it's definitely worth doing it for that because ultimately I wanted to help people with it in the first place so it, I know it shouldn't matter about the number of watches you get or how many subscribers but then sometimes you know when it does rise a bit it starts to give you a bit of a big ego and then when it drops again you're like oh no even though it doesn't really matter um, also as well as like helping people it then became like a means for me to do things that I might not be allowed to do ordinarily so I couldn't teach a class on something, for example, that was a copyrighted character because I'm not allowed just as you're not supposed to do it for customers because obviously there's copyright on that. We actually, we got on a, like a, an account manager with YouTube and stuff. So he used to tell us what you can and can't do. And it said, oh, you know, if it's not for anyone and you're not selling anything, then you can do things like that on there because it's classed as fan art. So things that I just wanted to have a go at myself, but they couldn't sell to people. It gave me the opportunity to have a play and do it just because I wanted to, but then I could still show people how I did that. So it, it was good for me to be able to do things like that. Does it take a lot of more work out of your day than, um, I mean, you, you say now that you don't really make a lot of cakes. Is it because you're doing all the videos and the demonstrations is, you know, people think that making videos must be really easy, but I imagine it's it's quite tricky. If it was me doing it on my own, it would be even harder. Um, <laughs> Richard can video edit and my brother can. And um, Richard's sister's boyfriend now helps a little bit with video editing. He's never done it before, but he he just said, oh, I'll help you. So he, he's helping us with that and he's trying to teach himself how to do it. And do you know what? Bless him. He's doing so well with it as well. And he's really enjoying it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, cause I think people think that you make a lot of money off YouTube. I don't, some people do. I, I personally don't, um, I'm, I'm not at that size and I don't get enough views where it could be a job. So really the YouTube, it is a lot of work, but it was like a free advertisement for me. So like you two said, you found me via YouTube. A lot of my actual students that come to my classes found me on YouTube. 
So while it, it doesn't necessarily make me a lot of money directly, it's I'm not paying to go on YouTube. So I, I wasn't paying to advertise, but people were finding me. And most of my work from abroad came from people finding me on YouTube. So my first trip to Australia was a lady that contacted me and she says, oh, I've seen this video on YouTube. It's a little owl. I can't even remember what it was called, but it, it must be an Australian character that I'd made. Um, and she said, I found you on YouTube. Would you like to come to Australia and teach? And that was through YouTube. And I go every year, apart from last year, obviously, because of coronavirus, I go back every year now to Australia and teach. And, you know, I'm usually there a good month or so, and I, I do a few different places. Um, so that's really good. So it's brought me things like that. So it doesn't necessarily always pay me a lot of money direct, but I can get a lot off the back of it. So, you know, people do now come to my shop, they come to my classes. And I think without the YouTube, I wouldn't, not that I'm a known name to everyone, but I would have far fewer followers across social me media and a lot fewer people would have heard heard of me, a, a lot of people from abroad. So my biggest audience on YouTube is actually America and Australia. I actually don't have a huge following in the UK compared to America and Australia. So far fewer people will hear of me when I go to like Cake International. Then. And, and that's because it's all online, isn't it? So they don't have to be in your country. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of extra work. So obviously I it's putting you out there as the expert though isn't it? it it's giving you that name that you wouldn't be able to have without that kind of exposure yeah 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 I mean I think so I'm, I'm maybe not sure if it puts me out as an expert because <laughs> a lot of it you can see me doing stuff wrong because <laughs> it's very much trial and error I mean I'd love to be organized enough to say right I'm gonna do a practice one then because I've practiced I know what I'm doing I'll do the real one for YouTube where everything's highly polished and is just done right but because it's so much work, I think, do you know what? I haven't got time to do a practice one. The actual YouTube thing is my practice. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But it's that's real life, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, I think people like to see you do things wrong. Um, some people, because they just like to see that you definitely do things wrong. But some people, to, so that they can say, oh, yeah, she does it wrong as well. But also because they can learn from how I did it wrong. Because they'll say, oh, yeah, I should have done it this way instead. And I think that does sometimes sometimes help people but at the moment I well in fact for quite a while now um really I think this is why my figures on YouTube have, have dropped so I don't get the views and I don't have the subscribers that kind of I used to have um is because I haven't spent the time on it like I, I used to make sure that I'd done one or two videos every week and they were videos where I spent quite a long time making them now I, I haven't had time well, in quite a long time, really, to work on them. So the YouTube videos now are our Facebook Lives that we do because I don't have time to film anything extra. So we take the Facebook Live because it's done anyway. And because it's such a long video, we condense it usually to about 10 minutes, whereas the Facebook Lives are usually like an hour, an hour and a half. And then I'll just talk over the top of it again with like to just make the instructions a bit shorter for people yeah. on YouTube. And it is, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because I'd, I'd like to spend much longer on it, but... But even older, I mean, like, for example, last night, I, I was looking at them last night and there was one there that I was watching from 2014. Oh, that must have been when I started. So it's like things that continue to work for you, even though you've done them years ago. With the older ones, I mean, they're not always very good and they're very basic and it's what I first started learning. But obviously there's people that are only just starting learning as well. So to them, that's still still useful. Sometimes I cringe. I mean, I say the word okay a lot. I still do, but. I did it even more. I'd say, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> like every other word. Um, like I say, I, I do it a lot still now. Oh, there's certain words that I use all the time and I just don't seem to be able to help myself. But my brother likes to edit them out now. 
<laughs> He's like, I'm sick up here when you say that. I'm just edit it out. How much additional work have you had to keep the channel running? So at the moment, it's uh, it's more the video editing that's the additional work at the moment. Because obviously, I, I have to. When I say people help me, I would love to say it's that they were volunteering. I do have to pay them all. Unfortunately, I wish sometimes you didn't have to pay people. But yeah, I, I do have to pay uh, the guys obviously money um, to. <laughs> to help edit the video so it actually costs me quite a lot of money for the youtube videos but i've never actually worked out how much it costs me for them compared to what i get in return but it's difficult to know what i get in return because like i say sometimes students come to my classes because they've heard of me and it's difficult to work out exactly what kind of comes from youtube and stuff but but yeah it's it was a lot of extra work at the moment we're not spending too much time on it apart from like i say the video editing but I hope when I get new staff that can look after picking and packing, I hope that I can then do more YouTube ones. That, that are what I want to do sort of thing. <laughs> I hope so, because I do like watching them. <laughs> How do you go about planning your videos? Um, do you just record live jobs or are you making bespoke items specifically for your videos? At the moment, it's the Facebook live videos. Because I'm filming them anyway, it's easy to just shorten them and put them on previously sometimes it had been like if I had it if I had a cake to make like I made little baby blocks once and this is a really old one and I needed to make them anyway so I was like well I might as well film it because I'm doing it anyway so some of the videos were customer cakes and then some were just things that I did specifically for YouTube when really I wanted to practice at something and I wouldn't have necessarily got chance to have a go at doing that if it hadn't been for me saying I'm going to do that for a video um so like a lot of the cakes and stuff they don't they don't always go to people. Well, usually like my dad eats a lot of them. My dad eats so much cake, it's ridiculous. Um, or I give it like to my next door neighbours and stuff. Sometimes if it's a nice one, I'm like, oh, no one's cutting that. I'm not letting anyone cut that cake. <laughs> and then it just sits on the side for months till I have to put it in the bin, which is really wasteful. No, they're works, they're works of art, aren't they? You just, you, yeah, I've done it. <laughs> Remember my piano cake that I kept, Bronya, And I just didn't, didn't want to cut it up. But you, you have to. We just throw it away in the end. And I guess the other thing as well is, like, I like to do the YouTube videos. And then sometimes I think there's a lot more I'd like to do on it. But I don't want to give too much away because I do paid for online classes. There's certain things that I don't want to put on there because people then wouldn't buy my classes because they could just get everything for free. So it's, it's difficult kind of knowing what to put on for free and what to charge for. But, yeah, usually the more complicated stuff I will keep for videos that are like paid for tutorials and then the stuff that I'm not allowed to charge for. So for example, copyrighted characters where actually I can say, well, I'm just going to do that as a bit of fan art because there's no way I could ever charge anyone for it. Then I'll have a go at doing it. I get to do it and I'll just put it for free on, on YouTube. So where do you get all your, your sort of your inspiration, your ideas? Where, how do you keep getting fresh ideas? You know, how, how does, where does the inspiration come from? Oh goodness. It comes from everywhere. A lot of it is children's films that I watch. <laughs> a bit sad isn't it that I'm almost 40 and I still watch children's films um I just do you know what I really love animation like I love animation so much and I just think I want to make that I've got to make that just like the appearance of certain characters and stuff so much that I just feel like I have to have a go at making it which isn't very original at all is it um and then sometimes I think of something and then I end up doing something completely different but not on purpose it's just it didn't work out how I planned (laughs) that happens a lot sometimes people suggest things or I'll see like a greetings card that's got like a really cute image on and I think oh I could do something with that but I'll change it and tweak it a little bit um 
and like I say, sometimes it'd be like on the older videos, people might ask for a design and I might not even actually get around to making it for them because I might, you know, they might have said, oh, I'm not paying that for a cake. It's too expensive. But I'm like, you know what? I liked that design idea. I'm going to create something around that. I don't mean they've sent me a picture exactly to copy, but it's given me an idea of something where I think, yeah, that would be pretty cool. I can, I can make something from that. Even if they're not going to order the cake, I'm going to have a go at that myself kind of thing. You're now running online classes, which look really exciting because I think I'm going to book up on on one of them the Whitney um the Whitney bust one <laughs> looked brilliant um, have you enjoyed creating them and have you found you're reaching a wider audience audience outside the UK which you've kind of talked about already uh yeah so I, d- I do enjoy the online classes more than I thought like I say, before coronavirus, I'd put off doing them. People had asked and asked and asked, and I just really put off doing it. I thought it was going to be really difficult, but I thought with an online class, you had to have it where you could see them and see what they were doing. And I'd always said to Richard, that's too difficult. I can't see people on the computer to say to them, no, try doing it this way. You're doing this wrong. Press harder or or do this. So that was my main worry was that, you know, I would struggle to see everyone. And then he said, well, as long as people know that you can't see them, he says, then, you know, you can put people in the class and they can watch you, but we'll do it as a Facebook Live. Because originally we weren't going to do it as a Facebook Live. We were just going to put it on like a completely different platform where it's all pre-recorded. So I have some like um, older videos. I've got a rose one and a face making one and I think a hairstyle one where it's all pre-recorded. I've just sat and done it myself. And then we've cut out bits that are a bit boring, for example, so that people don't have to watch it in real time. And that was my original plan was to kind of do it like that. And then, yeah, Richard sort of said, no, do, do it on Facebook Live. It means we don't have to edit it, but they're watching in real time. But if they want to do it at the same time as you, that's going to be better because, you know, you're not cutting bits out to speed up the boring bits. It gives them the opportunity to kind of catch up with you if they want to. And some people do it at the same time as me during the class, usually just the faster students. I tend to have regular people coming into each class as well. And if they've done it in the order that I've kind of put them out there, I can tell from that because they send me images of what they've done. They've really progressed. And I do like an FAQ after each one as well. So we run the classes. And then at the end, like on a separate day when I've given them a few days to kind of do it, if there's any questions that I hadn't answered during the class, they all can come on to the Facebook Live and ask me. And each class, I get fewer and fewer questions, which it is really nice because they feel like they have been learning from each class and that they already know the answers sort of thing. So they're they're not asking as much with each new class but yeah it, it's good I, I've had good feedback and like I say I was worried about with it being live that you know they would struggle I mean some people are like kind of watch it faster once it's finished again <laughs> and then some people worry that if they've missed it live they can't watch it but I, I'd say you know you, you still watch it you, you can watch it back at any time after it's happened and I, I don't know if they can speed it up and slow it down maybe afterwards as well I'm not sure but yeah it's definitely reached a wider audience they do have people from abroad that can now that can now book and things which is good have you got much exciting have you got many exciting new ones in the pipeline have you got any planned I've got I need to today I was supposed to sort out three new dates for classes actually for March um I'm gonna do I don't know if you guys have seen like the little doll pin I haven't got it on actually we do like a little doll pin and it was based off a cake that I designed that was a class so and a few people have requested that so I think that's going to be a class in March and then we're going to do an updated faces class 
where we do like a range of faces and it'll be starting sort of more basic and then each face will get a little bit more complicated so that the learning as they go because sometimes if you just go straight into a complicated one that people haven't learned the basics and it's good to learn the basics because it just makes the more complicated stuff easier when you do move on to that um, and then I think I'm going to try and do a children's one or it might be end of March or beginning of April because I think it'll be an Easter cupcakes one I don't know when kids break up for Easter holidays I don't have any children so I'm never sure of when the school holidays are but yeah so they're the next three that are planned I do have a lot more in the pipeline but um I just need to make all the documentation that goes along with it because I have to send out documentation uh, with all the pictures and everything and all the weights and equipment and everything that everybody needs. And that's the thing that takes me so long to do. I'm not an organized person. I, I guess as we're coming out of lockdown, you'll start to plan in-person things as well. Yeah. So there at the moment, I'm not rushing too much into that. I think I need to wait Well, I've got into a bigger premises, but also because, you know, things things have changed so much, haven't they? Like every time we've come out of lockdown, we've ended up going back into it again. And because the dates are, I think, are the best case scenario dates. I think oh, if I plan for it and I've got all these classes arranged and then anything changes, it's a huge amount of work cancelling everybody and changing it. And if people, I mean, hopefully people would always get the money back on transport and hotels, but it's always difficult to know. Like, I mean, obviously if I cancelled it, I would let people change dates or give refunds. But sometimes with transport and things, they're not always able to get the money back. And I just think it's so much messing around for people that I'm going to wait till I know that things are definitely kind of going ahead and okay before I start with the with the face-to-face ones. I think I'll also, I'll continue with the online ones as well. And I'll just try and have different classes face-to-face to what are going to be the online ones so that those that um, can't ever come to classes have still got the opportunity to to learn online, I think. Having looked at your website, I spent ages um, stalking you. Um, you've got um, a, a fantastic ability to create different styles of faces, hairstyles, eyes and teeth, etc., which you were just talking about. Um, did you train specifically to do this? Or once you've learned how to do a face, how to create stuff, did you find it cr- to create new styles quite easy? Is it more about your artistic ability than training? I, th- I think um, I, I didn't train specifically for it. Like I said, with it just being a hobby, it was just kind of just playing around a lot of the time. But then I, I have attended classes. And when we have guest teachers here as well, it's always nice if I can join in classes because you can see how everybody does things so different. And I wouldn't reteach someone else's class, but it can't help sometimes give you new skills that will constantly like make your characters evolve each time um do you follow fashions or anything like that um I don't because I'm pretty rubbish with following fashions you know I did I did fashion at university and I'm supposed to know about trends and following trends and making sure I follow them and start them in advance but no I'm pretty rubbish with all that I usually just do what I fancy what I fancy doing is because if you enjoy it, I think like it usually turns out better. Whereas sometimes if I'm following a trend and it's not really my cup of tea, but it's a trend, I'm like, I don't put everything into it and it doesn't always work. Yeah. As well. Yeah. You have to love it, don't you? It, ha- it has to come from, yeah, from inside. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And I do enjoy the modeling. Yeah. I really enjoy doing the figures and things. Um, they do evolve. It's, it's funny because... I think when I when I look back at my first ones, I do think, God, how did people pay? Why did people pay to come and learn from me? It's horrible. I did I did horrible figures, but at the time I didn't think they were that bad. And I mean, even now, I guess in a few years' time, I'll probably look back at what I'm doing now and be like, Oh, 
I could have done so much better, but you constantly learning and even like repeating the same thing time and time again, you kind of learn what went wrong each time and you change things gradually. So I wouldn't say that like I just do one style then I then another. It's gradually evolved over the years as I'm learning what kind of doesn't look right or you kind of look back on things and think, mm, actually, yeah, she doesn't have a chin at all, that one. <laughs> but like I say, and also you learn bits and pieces from from watching videos online and, and other classes. But but it's funny that you do say that I've got different styles because when I ask most people, they'll say, Oh, I can tell that was a Zoe's Fancy Cakes one. And they'll say, You've got a style that we can tell is yours. Because I'm always saying, Oh, how do I change my style? So to me, I'm like, Oh no, it's another one that looks the same. I, I've still got that same style that I struggle to kind of get rid of. It does gradually change, but yeah, I think everything is similar style wise that I do, even though I try not to. I, I think it, it is all similar stuff. It's your your signature signature uh, Zoe's fancy cake style, but there <laughs> so, but there are so many varieties. Like you, when you do the hairstyles and the eyes, that it covers a wide board. So you you it, it look they look fantastic. Because I was looking you. at your. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the faces tutorials that you do and the classes online classes that you hold so I'd quite like to do one of those I think I might sign up if you do one in March <laughs> you have a, a big presence on social media and you have your own website if star, mm-hmm. someone was starting out would you recommend investing in a website website or would you stick to the social media until they built up the client base how did you do it and how would you sort of like recommend people doing it going forward I started on Facebook um I know that's a bit outdated now isn't it Facebook now Instagram is the thing um so it's very because I don't make cakes anymore it's difficult for me to tell you if you if somebody would get like more orders from a website or Instagram or um Facebook I think TikTok's probably not somewhere that you get like orders I do have a TikTok account I don't look after it myself at all Richard's sister does because I'm not young or cool enough for a TikTok account um, and things she tells me to put on there I'm like nah I'm not doing that for a video I'm definitely not gonna do that um things like I have to race my dog at eating food from a dog bowl I was like no I'm not, I'm not doing that at all um not not on a business page yeah but I started on Facebook it's I would say social media is, is good advertising for you even you know you don't have to have a huge number of people that do follow you it's more the few that do they'll say to people oh look have you seen this person look at their cakes look at their cakes look at what they're doing but I think you know on social media it's sometimes it's stressful (laughs) it takes a lot more work I think than people think especially if you're only just starting out in the business I always thought my business would be making cakes and that's what I'd be spending my time doing and actually I spend far more time doing admin and looking after social media than I ever do creating a cake it's so time consuming but at the same time I'm very reliant upon it. Without it, I wouldn't have a business. And people do use our website, but I don't make cakes for customers anymore. I think when I had the website, people did go view it after they'd found my social my social media pages. So they'd find me on social media. I used to get more queries asking for cakes making uh, by people sending me messages on Facebook than I would getting emails that had come through my website. So I would say the website's probably not as important as your social media but if you are um a professional business it looks good to have a website um I know that like for me I don't care if somebody has a website or not for Richard my other half he's like right I'll 
if someone messages us about asking like about business opportunities or partnering up or doing some kind of collaboration, the first thing he'll do is he'll see if they've got a website and if they haven't, he's not impressed. Well, no, they're not professional. They don't have a website. So to him, (laughs) it's an important thing for me, not so much so. But then when I was doing wedding cakes for me, again, the website's professional. It gives you somewhere that you've got a gallery of photos that you can keep as it is or change it. Whereas Facebook, Instagram is constantly changing. It's constantly changing. A website gave me the opportunity to put like um, portion guides and price guides and things on. Whereas there isn't somewhere as easy to find on like a Facebook and Instagram page for that kind of thing. Um, And and also like about us Mm. page. So you could write about yourself and what your business does easier on a website than you can on a Facebook page. And I think it's very much, it depends how people are doing. You know, I would say start with the Facebook page. And then when you've got a little bit of money behind, you get like a website. A lot of people build their own. I wouldn't because I wouldn't have a clue. But, you know, the first ones my friends did for me, I didn't pay, I don't mean anything for my first one, apart from a crate of beer. I bought him a crate of beer. And then again, the second one I thought was really expensive, but it was still mates rates. <laughs> and compared to what we pay now, they were so cheap. So, so cheap compared to now. Uh, I kind of wish I knew how to do websites myself because it would save a lot of money. But then at the same time, I probably wouldn't have the time to do it anyway. But yeah, it, it's a really tricky one. I think it's probably going to be different for each person if, They've started on Facebook and they're finding that they don't have problems and that, you know, everybody's very happy just ordering straight through there, then brilliant. You you don't necessarily have to get a website, but I think most people would start social media and then fairly soon after get themselves a website set up. I think it does make you look like a more professional business rather than a home hobby like people think you've got by having the website. It doesn't have to do a lot either. Yeah. Right? I think it's just as long as it's got your key information, maybe a contact us form so people can get hold of you via that. Because uh, I, I always preferred if people did message me via email than Facebook because it's nice to have mm. a written record. Yeah, definitely. And it's easier to find as well as opposed to go, oh, yeah. is it on Instagram yeah. or is it on Facebook? That sort of thing. Do you have any advice for our listeners what do you wish you had known when you started out? I mean, I wish I'd known how much work it was. <laughs> Richard said to me, he says, when you answer this question, Zoe, he said, don't be negative. He says, please don't put people off wanting to do things. He says, because I know what you like. You like a good moan. He says, I mean, you put people off. I said, no, I won't, no, I won't. No, I, wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't change it because I, I do enjoy it. It's hard work. It's really hard work. It is. People don't realise it is very stressful. There's an awful lot of work. There's a lot of hours involved. When I first started, people always said to me, well, it's your first year of business. You have to put in the hours with any business when it's first starting up. And then it got to year two and people were like, oh, yeah, the first two or three years of business, you really have to put a lot of hours in. Okay, okay. And then year five. And I'm like, when's it going to calm down? But then I, I kind of realised... Well, well, that's my fault because I'm taking on the work. You know, I, I'm i the one that can decide how much I am and aren't doing and I'm taking on all this work and I I was constantly busy. I maybe did take on a bit too much work. Um, but when, when it's this kind of business, you, you know, you don't get a set amount of money every month. You're earning depending on how many orders and things were coming in. And I'd always think, well, I'll take as many as I can squeeze in because – um, and I mean, it wasn't ridiculous amounts. You know, I was maybe doing six cakes a week, not wedding cakes. I couldn't do six wedding cakes a week. I, I maybe do like two wedding cakes for birthday ones. Um, 
And then some people would tell me they were doing 30, 40K. So we can be like, oh my goodness, how are they doing that? I don't have children to look after. I'd stopped all my hobbies and everything. Literally all I was doing in my waking hours was making and decorating cakes and I think how do other people do it when they're doing so many and and I think also you know some people do big cakes and charge a lot so they don't need to do as many some people do smaller cheaper cakes but they have to do more of them and I think like my advice would be decide what you want to do rather than trying to do what everyone is doing and I think sometimes yeah. that's where and even now sometimes I'm like well so-and-so's doing that I need to do that and we're just like you can't do everything you just can't do absolutely everything and you don't want to take on too much that nothing is to the standard you want it to be. So while you do have to work out how much business you need to take to be earning enough to pay your bills, you don't want to kind of go overboard and take on more than than you can handle. I mean, that's how Richard ended up working with me is because I used to take on too much and he used to have to help me when he'd get home from work on a night. He'd have to help me bake. He'd have to help me with admin, answering queries, all that kind of thing, because I just hadn't left myself enough time to do it. So I think my advice would be don't overbook at first. And usually I say to people like, I mean, for me, I wouldn't have liked to have just set up like a business instantly with no kind of initial customer base or no kind of experience. For me, I'm glad I started as a hobby. And yeah, I didn't charge people very much money as a hobby and I didn't do very well financially out of it at first, but I built up gradually and I'm glad I built up gradually. I don't think I could have just decided one day after just making one or two cakes, yeah, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to not have any kind of income coming in, but I'm going to start a business and I'm going to rely on the fact that people are just going to find me. Um, I think like you need to start slowly, get word of mouth out about, because not everything comes from social media. I mean, a lot does, but word of mouth. So a lot of my wedding cake bookings were actually not from wedding fairs, but from a children's party. You know, I'd done a children's cake and somebody at that party, one of the parents had said, oh, I like that. Who did that? And they'll message you and say, I was at this party and I saw your cake. Do you do wedding cakes? So actually a lot came from from that rather than just yeah. sort of social media or advertising. I don't think I ever got any business from advertising in a magazine or paying venues to become a preferred no. supplier. There's a lot of people willing to take money for advertising and for me personally and maybe it was just me I never got anything out of that so I think as well if I was doing something sort of again the not paying for that kind of advertisement I, I just yeah I don't think that was worth it word yeah. of mouth doing something really well and getting the word of mouth right is far better than paying for an advert putting somewhere I think I've completely gone off track what the question was wasn't I <laughs> um, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, that was it. No, no, that was that was good advice. Yeah, see, see, I was going back to the question again, wasn't I? I completely lose track of what I'm talking about. My memory is so hard. See, that's because I take on too much work. I can't think. Like, I've got to the point where my memory just doesn't work. Yeah, it's total brain overload. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. Be prepared for a lot of work. Be prepared for a lot of stress, upset. Not all customers are nice. You've got to be prepared for people not being nice, not take it to heart. I mean, I've had instances where I have been in tears and I've been so upset and I've said to Richard, I don't ever want to make a cake again. Like I absolutely ruined my confidence, really upset me. Um, and he said, well, you know, you've got the next year's worth of cakes booked in your diary. So that's not an option. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> well, I wanted to quit. I couldn't. But then, you, do, you know, you do forget about things and you learn from things. You, you learn from your mistakes. You do learn from your mistakes. But... Yeah, the other thing is, is that quite often we take the negative feedback to heart mm. much more than the positive yeah. feedback. So you might do hundreds of yeah. 
cakes that have amazing feedback, but that one criticism will just destroy you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And sometimes the person criticizing you hasn't even had a cake from you or any experience or any dealings with you. And they're just somebody else that's a little bit jealous if you're starting to do well and they want to pull you down. And that's, I mean, that especially is from social media. If you're going to use social media, um, I mean, it's nice to read everybody's comments and respond to people, but at the same time, you have to be prepared that there are people out there that are just malicious and trying to bring you down and they're going to be nasty no matter what. And I think that's something that you you do have to watch out for and, and not let it get to you too much I say that it, it gets to me I I shouldn't say this because it's not very nice that I don't read my YouTube comments I do not read my YouTube comments the people are some of the people on YouTube are very different to like the people that I have on Instagram and Facebook so Instagram and Facebook are people that they've searched for you they like your work they want to follow you YouTube might just be that somebody was searching for a birthday cake in general and came across your channel rather than somebody that actually likes you or supports your work and because it's a different type of person, they can get quite nasty. You know, if that video isn't what they wanted to watch, right. they will pull you to pieces yeah. and they'll get quite personal with it as well. All because this free video isn't what they were expecting. So it's, yeah, it's <laughs> just me ranting on about it. Yeah, you just have to watch out for, for those kind of things. Yeah. So is there, is there anything that we should have asked you, but we haven't today? I don't know. You guys are probably thinking, no, Zoe, please don't ask anything else because you just talk and talk and talk. (laughs) Mm. Do you know what, actually, not that this was a question that you've asked, but another thing about being prepared is working on your own. I know I don't work on my own now, but when I was doing the cakes a lot for people, you're spending a lot of time on your own. When somebody would come collect a cake, I wouldn't let them go away because I'd not spoken to anyone in several days. You know, so they would be stuck to me whether they wanted to or not because I, you know, I wasn't coming into contact with people a lot. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, be prepared not to see that many people if you're working on your own. I know. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? Definitely. Another thing I would say, advice to people that I never did is try and keep up to social events and having hobbies because for the last six years I, I haven't seen friends or done anything other than work, and that is. The only thing that I regret is not taking the time. Like the first three, four years of making cakes, I didn't. me and Richard didn't have a holiday at all. You know, we maybe get Christmas off. And when yeah. I say Christmas, I mean Christmas Day. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's one thing if I could change. I, I would say that's the only that's, thing I would change hard. is that, yeah. yeah, is that to make time for yourself. And it's sometimes difficult because it is a job that you enjoy and you can get really into. And then you think, well, you don't mind doing that every day and every evening. But it will eventually make you very tired <laughs> and make you a bit scatterbrained like me. I know when I had the shop, because we had the yes. shop for four years, and even when I did go on holiday, it was a chance for me to be away from the shop and you instantly start thinking, well, should I be doing this differently and should we be doing – and you think of the business differently. So even though you're not in yeah. the business, you're suddenly away from the yeah. business being able to think about it and you still don't get a break. Yeah, no, that's it. It's on your mind all the time. And I think that's because it's your own business. People think that when you've got your own business, you can have as many holidays off as you want. You can go in at 12 lunchtime if you want. You can, you can finish at three o'clock if you want. And people don't realize that, yeah, you can do all those things, but you're not going to earn any money or have a very successful business if you're on holiday all the time or barely ever working. It is like the complete opposite, isn't it? Is The reality is that because it's your business, you want to work a lot of yeah. hours, you want to take on a lot of work, you want to do well. But yeah, and, and do, 
but yeah, take a little bit of a break and uh, find time for your friends and family. I would, I would say definitely. But now I can't. I'm trying to think if there's anything else you should have asked me. I can't think of anything. <laughs> but I can ramble. I can ramble on about myself for a long time. So I apologize, ladies. <laughs> I don't actually have anything else to talk about other than work. <laughs> you've been amazing but well, it's nice that we've got you on your specialist subject yeah oh honestly not that not that I really see friends but um <laughs> if anybody ever wants to chat to me and they're like oh so what's happening at the moment I'm like I can only talk about work I was like well I don't have anything else to talk about so if somebody doesn't <laughs> if it's somebody that doesn't want to talk about cake decorating I'm like oh oh I can't the weather's nice today isn't it I can't think of anything else to say because it just it becomes your life though doesn't it and I'm like oh it's a bit sad, really, that it's yeah. nothing else to talk about. I make, I make it sound really bad, don't I? I do. I, you know what? I love it. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change it for the world. And even things that I've done wrong in the past, they wouldn't change because you learn. You learn from it. You learn from your mistakes. And if I yeah. done things differently, I don't know what it would be like now. Yeah, you wisdom. You gain wisdom from your mistakes. Yeah, sometimes. Some, yeah. some of them I don't learn from, but yeah, most of them I do. Well, I don't think you've made that many mistakes because look at where you are now. I think you're, you know, you, you've done very well for yourself. <laughs> you must be very proud. <laughs> you. Your publicity um, opportunity, where can we find you? Uh, okay. What? Uh, where's your website, uh, social links, etc. So my website is zoe'sfancycakes.co.uk. Richard said, do you remember what your website is actually called, Zoe? I was like, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> and all the social media is Zoe's Fancy Cakes. So it's uh, Facebook, Zoe's Fancy Cakes. Instagram, Zoe's Fancy Cakes. YouTube, Zoe's Fancy Cakes. You wouldn't believe how many people message me to ask what my YouTube can- channel is called. And I'm like, oh, it's called Zoe's Fancy Cakes. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not that obvious. Actually. I don't know. Yeah, I know I'm on Twitter and I know I'm on um, TikTok as well. I presume I'm Zoe's Fancy Cakes on those things. But I'll be honest, they're a little bit neglected, uh, 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 those those channels. But yeah, if you want free, free tutorials, best place is the Facebook page for the Facebook Lives each Tuesday, 10.30 a.m. UK time. Um, and also youtube for the slightly shortened but still like a tutorial version of the videos yeah and then obviously if you want the products um and the things that i'm using and like my face molds because i have my own little face mold they're all available on our website thank you zoe for coming along from zoe's fancy cakes i've had a great time talking to you thank you from uh, myself and from bronya for coming Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I've had a great time. Hopefully, I have not talked to you, talked to you too much. I know I can't show up sometimes, but no, thank you ever so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you to Zoe for joining us today on the business of cake making. I'm sorry if there's been um, any difficulty in listening, but we had quite some bad time delays um, today. Not quite sure why. Maybe everyone's online. Who knows? But thank you so much, Zoe, for coming and talking to us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to read our show notes, if you want to know more about Zoe and where to find her, please go to daisycakecompany.co.uk. Click on the podcast link. If you want to join us over on Instagram, it's at the business of cake making where you will find our Instagram account. Thank you so much. We will see you next time or we won't see you because we don't see you. We will speak to you next time. Um, we've still got more guests lined up. Loads of great guests. Sammy's lining up for us at the moment and we'll talk to you them then and we will we'll see you next time. Take care. <laughs>